worship on this, the fifth Sunday of Easter. Uh, for our friends who are worshiping online or on the radio, just a reminder that you can go to our website, which is www.chapelofthecross.org, and there you'll find a bulletin for this service under the resources tab and ways that you can give your offering to the Lord under the give tab. Just a few announcements to share with you before we start worship this morning. Uh, because we have had a number of people join Chapel of the Cross since our last directory was published back in 2021, uh, we've put together a directory supplement. Uh, that sheet that has uh, names, addresses, and phone numbers of our new members that's available for you to pick up at the bookstore. Now, if, if uh, you're a new member and your name is not on there for some reason, please let us know that and we will fix that error. That's not done on purpose. That was done by mistake. So, um, But if, if there is an error, please let us know about that and we will fix it. Mike Miller from Day Three Seeds will be at Chapel of the Cross with plants next Sunday on Mother's Day, May 14th. Uh, hanging baskets and geraniums and, and other garden plants will be available for purchase. The sale proceeds will fund Day Three Seed Ministry, uh, both at home and abroad. So make sure you pick up some plants on Mother's Day uh, next Sunday. On Thursday, May 18th, we will be blessed to celebrate the Ascension of our Lord. We will worship together that Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m., and we'll be sharing Holy Communion as part of that service. So I invite you to put that on your calendar. Come to church on Ascension Day, Thursday, May 18th at 6.30 p.m. Our Director of the Week this weekend is Gary Tim, and our Elder of the Week this weekend is Jerry Bowen. Both of those men will be greeting you after the service at the back door. Get to know them as one of your elders and one of your uh, members of the Board of Directors here at Chapel of the Cross. God's blessings to you as we worship together. We stand and share the peace of our Lord with each other, after which we will sing our entrance hymn.
Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once, Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. As God's people, we make confession, seeking mercy. Merciful God, we confess to you that we are by nature sinful and unliving darkness. We have often gone our own way, listened to the lies instead of the truth, to sought to live off on our own terms. Forgive us our many sins of thought, word, and action for the sake of Jesus. Amen. God has called you out of darkness, of, out of the darkness of sin, into his wonderful light. He has shown you the way, spoken the truth, and given you new life in Jesus. As a called and ordained servant of the word, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God, your Son, Jesus Christ, is the way, the truth, and the life. Help us to be faithful to him to death and to receive life eternal. He lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. is taken from Acts chapter 6 and 7. In those days, 
when the number of disciples was increasing, the Croatian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because the widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the 12 gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, also Philip, Procorius, Nicano, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Now, Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, did great wonders and miraculous signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from, mem from members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the provinces of Cilicia and Asia. These men began to argue with Stephen. To this, he replied, you stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears, you are just like your fathers. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your fathers did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed and murdered him. You who have received the law that was put in effect through angels, but have not obeyed it. When they heard this, they were furious and snatched their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city, and began and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. This is the word of the Lord. Be God. We read responsibly Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes. 
immortal men who crusade. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed is he whose help is God, the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the hope of God. The maker of heaven and earth, the sea, and everything in them, the Lord who remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the alien and sustains the fatherless and the widow. But he frustrates the way of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. You are God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. The epistle is from First Peter chapter twenty, chapter two, beginning at verse two. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now, you who believe, this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected have become the cornerstone and a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you, who are, who are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is the word of the Lord.
please stand as you are able for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my father as well. For now, from now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do the things I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. And at this time, we invite any children to the front of the church for the children's method. Hey, kiddo. How are you guys today? You good? Good. Glad you came. Glad you're here up with me today. Um, I've got some questions for you. So I was wondering how many of you live in something like this? See that? See what that is? That's a tent. So do you live in a tent? No. No. Have you ever lived in a tent? Once you went camp, when you went camping, sure, sometimes when we go camping, but would you like to live all the time in a tent? No. Probably not. It would get kind of cold, right, and kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, so, so no, that's not where we live. Do we live in this? No. What is that? That's an igloo. That's an igloo. Some people do live in igloos, I guess, but we wouldn't do that in St. Louis, would we? Well, bears live there. 
Yeah, it would just melt. St. Louis, we couldn't even do this in the winter. It's not cold enough, right? And that would be really cold for us. Maybe maybe bears would live in I think maybe they live in their own dens, right? What about this? Do you live in, in a place like this? No. Well, why would we live in a nest? What lives in nests? Birds live in nests. Yeah, we don't live in nests. What about a hole in the ground? No. No, that would be no, that would be really dirty, right? We wouldn't want to live in the ground. Well, dogs maybe dig holes. He digs my holes in my yard and Moles live in the ground. I've got a lot of moles in my yard. Yeah. Now, what, what did I forget? What, what do, might we live in? A house. Yeah, maybe something like this, or maybe in an apartment. Yeah. So we... we, we yeah, people live in houses. Now, here's a question. Where do you think Jesus lives? Does he live in an igloo, or a tent, or a nest or a hole in the ground or in a house no, he, lives in heaven. he lives in heaven right so so there is this this passage that that i just read or actually pastor glenn just read it says that in my father's house are many rooms so what does that tell you about his house yeah. it's really big right <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's really big and guess what we don't know what it looks like yeah. we don't know what god's house looks like but this is what the Bible does say. There's a Bible verse that says this. No, we can't. It says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. So the house of Jesus is more beautiful than anything we could ever imagine, we could ever think about. But, and we don't know what it looks like, but we do know one thing. You know what we know? There's, there's room for you there. And there's room for me there. Yeah. There's room for us. You know why? He says, everybody who believes in me, which is you, you, and you, we all get to go to heaven to be with him. He's preparing a place for us. Isn't that wonderful news? Yes. It's wonderful news. Could you guys pray with me? I'll, pr I'll pray, and then you repeat after me, okay? Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus to save me. We will be with him one day forever in heaven in jesus name we pray amen all right thanks for coming up for the children's message this morning you guys have a good rest of your morning we continue our worship by singing our hymn together
Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Do not let your hearts be troubled. That's what Jesus said. But who hasn't had troubled hearts? That, that list is long of the things that might trouble us, that give us troubled hearts. The violence and the suffering in our world, the war in Ukraine, the strife in Sudan, poverty and refugees and political dysfunction and global tension and divorce and grieving and mourning the death of a loved one and children who are hungry and people who are just hanging on to life by a thread. And then you add into that our, our own list of personal troubles, our sorrows and our losses and our heartaches and our pains and our disappointments. And so very often we have troubled hearts. And yet Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. And troubled hearts are really what the disciples had too in that gospel reading for today, John chapter 14. If you remember the story from the gospel of John, John 14 is before the resurrection. In fact, it's before the crucifixion. John 14 takes place on Monday, Thursday evening in that upper room in Jerusalem. And the disciples' hearts, as you read through that chapter, you can tell that the disciples' hearts are troubled. It seems like the, like the closer that Jesus got to the cross and the closer he got to Holy Week, the more troubled his disciples became. And Jesus is very, very clear, and he said it over and over again. He is willing to lay his life on the line. He is willing to lay his life down. He's willing to die to fulfill the purpose for which he came. And that was very, very troubling for the disciples. Hey, good reason to be troubled. Back in John chapter 12, a couple chapters earlier, Jesus is with his disciples at Mary and Martha's home. And Mary had anointed Jesus' feet with that expensive perfume and had wiped his feet with her hair, if you remember that story. And after she had done that, Jesus says, what a beautiful thing she did for me. She was preparing my body for burial. Well, now those are some troubling words. Next chapter, John 13, the disciples are together in that upper room with Jesus. And the first thing that Jesus does is he takes his basin of water and a towel and he starts to wash his disciples' feet. And that was very troubling for those guys. It's troubling that to, to have their master, their teacher, get down on his hands and knees and wash their feet like the lowliest of servants. So troubling for Peter that at first he wouldn't allow it. No way are you going to wash my feet, Jesus. Then Jesus sits down and he tells them, tonight, one of you is going to betray me. And John says that his disciples stared at one another at a loss to know which one of them he meant. A traitor among them? One of the twelve? One of his closest friends? One of them would betray Jesus? And that gives troubled hearts. That's not the worst of it. After, Jesus, after Judas leaves, Jesus says, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, but where I'm going, you cannot follow. And Peter, he, he can't take it. Lord, why can't I follow you? I will lay down my life for you, Jesus. 
Actually, Peter, you won't. Not yet. I tell you the truth, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Can you imagine, just begin to imagine how troubled their hearts must have been in that upper room. Well, maybe you can. I know that most of you know very well what it means to have a troubled heart. We all have troubles. It's not something we usually like to think about. It's not something we usually like to talk about. I mean, you can put up a good front. You can try to pretend they're not there, but we've all got troubles, some big, some small. But we all have troubles, and hence, we have troubled hearts. But you listen to what Jesus says in John 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Don't be troubled. You don't have to be. You don't have to have troubled hearts. And I'll tell you why. Because I'm going to heaven, and I'm going to prepare a place for you, and I will come back, and I will take you to be with me so you may be where I am. I will lead you, and I will guide you because I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life. What a statement that is. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. That is an incredibly profound and incredibly important statement. That's incredibly important and profound for us today, especially in light of our culture today, in light of our world. Because what does our world say? Our world says, and in fact, well, you know, all roads lead to heaven or to whatever you might want to call it. Our culture says, you know, it doesn't really make any difference which way you turn on the way. Just try to be a good person, don't hurt anybody else, and that'll be all right. That'll be good enough. So we live in our world, and as we live in our culture, and as we live with all of our troubles, we can start to believe that when Jesus says, I am the way, he really means, I am a way. Just one way among many. But if that's what we believe, then we really haven't heard Jesus. And we haven't heard the real Jesus Christ say, I am the way. No one comes to the Father except through me. And really, the beautiful thing about that statement is that when Jesus says, I am the way, it's much more than him just giving us directions to go to heaven. He says to us that there is one way to heaven, and he is that way. Jesus Christ came to this world. He lived that perfect life. And though he was tempted in every way, just like you and I are, he didn't sin. And he did that for us so he could take us to heaven. When we place our faith in him, God counts his perfection as ours. Jesus is the one and the only way to get God's grace, to have relief from troubled hearts. And Jesus went to that cross on Calvary. He suffered and he died on that cross on Calvary. He took our punishment for all of our sin upon himself on that cross of Calvary. And then he rose to life again and he opened heaven for all would believe. That is the way. He is the way. There is no other way to heaven. And Jesus doesn't just want to give us directions there. Hey, that's the way you should go. No, he wants to take us there. And he has, and he does, for all who believe in him. He is the way, 
He takes us to live with him forever. And I know that that is an exclusive claim by Jesus. And I know that bothers some people today. But the fact that it might bother some people does not change that it's the truth. Jesus Christ is the way, the way. And really, that truth, that he is the way, that truth gives peace to our troubled hearts. Not only does Jesus say, I'm the way, Jesus also says, he says, I am the truth. I came across this quote by Winston Churchill. It says this, people occasionally stumble over the truth, but most of them pick themselves up and hurry off as if nothing happened. <laughs> There's a lot of truth in that statement. Because it really does seem like every truth that we once held dear is being, being just deconstructed and, and reconstructed. And it seems like there's a scarcity of truth in the world today. And what's really strange is that people are just ready to believe just about anything, it seems, no matter how crazy it might be. Whether that be about marriage, or gender, or sexuality, or life issues, or myriad of other truths that we really took for granted not very long ago. So many are so ready to believe lies. So many are so ready to believe falsehoods, half-truths, yet they stumble over the actual truth that God gives them. And I think we're guilty of that once in a while. I think we're guilty of, of misbelieving sometimes. It's kind of like miseating and you know, putting bad stuff in our body, only, only we put untruths into our hearts and into our minds. We feed on those untruths like, You'll never amount to much. Or God will never forgive something like that. Or right is whatever you think is right. Whatever is good for you. Or nobody cares about you. Jesus came with his truth to set us straight, to give us a truth about ourselves and to give us a truth about God. And his truth, like he says, his truth will set you free. This is Jesus. Jesus is the truth. The truth that says that God does not leave, alone, leave us alone with our troubled hearts, but he has given us his one and only son to make things right for us. And that truth, that, that gives peace to troubled hearts. But Jesus is more. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. And he says Jesus is also the life. Oh, what a blessing that is for troubled hearts. When Jesus says, I am the life, I mean, he means just that. He alone faced death, and he conquered it. He alone did battle with the devil, and he defeated him. Jesus is the life because he went through hell to promise us heaven, to give us eternal life. The grave couldn't hold him, and death couldn't keep him. I mean, what, what do we so, say so very often during this season of Easter? We said it at the beginning of the service. We said it at the beginning of the sermon. We say, hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is alive. Jesus Christ is the life. And that truth, that he is the life, that brings peace to our troubled hearts. Do not let your hearts be troubled, he said. 
Trust in God. Trust also in me. And I know we've got a lot of reasons to be troubled. They have troubled hearts. But there is wonderful reasons for you to have comfort. Wonderful reasons to have peace. You need not have troubled hearts, Jesus says, because you can trust me, believe me, because I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life for you. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please stand as we confess our common faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. Find that on page 10 in your bulletin. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated as we gather our offering to the Lord. Please rise for prayer. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus. 
and for all people according to their needs. Gracious God, we give you all praise and honor. How merciful you are to call us your people, to rescue us from the darkness, to declare us holy, and to grant us the privilege of being your royal priest, serving you in joy and gladness as we serve others. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. You sent Jesus to be for us the way, O oh Lord. May we follow in the way of Jesus throughout our lives, never straying from your good path, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. You said Jesus to be for us the truth, O God. May we see him as the ultimate truth, not just one truth among many. May we find in him faithful answers to life's questions. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. You sent Jesus to be the life, O God. May we find in him true life, life that is abundant, life that is free, and life that is everlasting. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, you sent your servants, the prophets, and your son, yet they were rejected, threatened, and even killed. So our prayers are sent for those who serve you here and in other lands who are persecuted for their faith. Strengthen their faith and help them withstand the doubts that may assail them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, for those who grieve, we plead for the comfort of Jesus' words. Do not let your hearts be troubled. In my Father's house, or many rooms. I am going there to prepare a place for you, especially for Mike Smythe and his family upon the death of his sister, Sharon Beck. We ask that you give your strength, your comfort, and a peace from you that passes all understanding. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, for those who suffer, the ill, the hospitalized, the homebound, and those in pain. We pray for the peace of Jesus' words. Trust in God, trust also in me. We especially remember this day, Ortiz Crawford, Manfred Loesch, Debbie Rhea, and Judy Siebert. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for your church, since it is your church we know you will protect and guide it. Lord, you have promised that we, Lord, you have promised that as we are true to your word and as we proclaim it to the world, the gates of hell cannot even stand before it. Give us the confidence and the courage to share our living faith with a lost and hurting world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O oh Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us always to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Please remain standing as we sing our recessional hymn. The church is one foundation, which is found in the hymnal 644. 